Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. Put her on the witness stand, don't put her on the witness stand. Give her a Bible, don't give her a Bible. The truth is going to come out. I am William Clear. This is Pop Talk and Aliens. It is a podcast. It is the Halloween episode. And uh, just to get started, I know that I said on the last episode, if you listened to that one, that uh, our friend and frequent guest Charlie Crabtree would be on the show as he oft is for the Halloween episode. Uh, Charlie has moved on to another place, a, a better place, a new house. He's moving to a new house. He's not dead. I wouldn't start the show with the fucking intro. Oh, put her on the witness stand. She was right. I'm William Clear. I, I, come on. I, I don't. I, I can't even imagine. I don't even want to think about that depressing stuff. So anyway, uh, he's moving. It was getting late in the season. You know, we're almost on Halloween as it is, and schedules all that shit. He couldn't be here, but he did provide me with a review of Halloween Kills because we did go see that together, and we were going to podcast then. But that movie sort of uh, drained us of the desire to do a show that wasn't just going to be an hour and a half of us shitting on that movie. I mean, he really didn't like it and I didn't like it and I'm going to get into it. Well, there was some things that I liked and I want to, I want to talk about those things because I, I do want to try and focus on, on the good, but overall not a, a good movie. So I'm going to talk about that and then I'm, I'm going to play a few special moments of Charlie and I during uh, previous Halloween episodes that you may not have heard and are probably not available anymore on podcast providers. Although you can always go to poptalkandaliens.com for every episode for the last six years. Almost exactly six years that this podcast has been going. It's funny because when I did the first episode of this podcast, there was no Disney Star Wars. I mean, there, it existed, but it, it had nothing had hit screen or anything yet. So... Everyone loved Star Wars, and back then, no one was paying any attention to aliens. Nobody cared. Now, six years later, everyone cares about aliens, and everybody hates Star Wars. <laughs> Plus, there was a pandemic and shit. A lot has happened in that time. But one thing that has not happened is uh, any loss of the love of Halloween for me, and particularly the Halloween movies. So I'm going to talk about Halloween Kills, and just to let you know real quick, you can always follow the show at Pop Talk and Aliens on Instagram. If you want Facebook, it's facebook.com slash poptalkaliens. Nothing really goes down over there because it's Facebook and, you know, there's no outrage, all that stuff. So Instagram, at Pop Talk and Aliens. Show updates, funny uh, memes, news, headlines, picture clips for you. So you know about uh, what's going on in the world of aliens. If I'm not able to do a show about it or if it's not worthy of an entire show, but you want to you know, link to an article or whatever, you, you get it all there on Instagram at Pop Talking Aliens. So let's talk about Halloween Kills. Overall, I want I want to get through the, the bad stuff first and then get to what I liked about it and, and how it sort of relates to the other movies in that franchise that I, I love so dearly. But in order to get to that and sort of just be able to talk about that freely, let's get rid of, let's just get through the shit first, okay? Halloween Kills, and this is coming from a diehard Halloween fan who loves movies like 
the fucking revenge of Michael Myers, which is a piece of shit. Most people would agree it's it's not a good movie. I even kind of like the Rob Zombie ones, which generally are not really appreciated by most people. So I, I've, I'm a cheap date. I have very high tolerance. Uh, I can take a lot of abuse from Halloween movies and, and, and you know, keep going. In this case, here's the problems with the movie. And by the way, spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Halloween Kills, you're probably not going to because this is coming out right before Halloween. Here's, here's the deal. One of the problems with a lot of the Halloween like 90s sequels is that they were thin on plot and heavy on Michael Myers killing people. In the very first Halloween movie in 1978, he kills three people. I think he kills a total of five because he has to kill someone to get his, his uniform, you know, his, his mechanics outfit. But there's, there's only a few killings in that movie. There's long sequences of just of suspense, uh, particularly like at the end when he's, when he's chasing Laurie Strode around, the great Jamie Lee Curtis. It, it, long sequences of, of her getting away from him, her, her being smart. Like there's, there's an instance where he's locked her into the house and she's trying to get out through a, through a, a glass door and he's got uh, like a rake blocking the the doorknob from the outside so she can't get out through the doorknob so what does she do she punches the fucking glass opens the door and runs away she's smart she does do idiotic things there's two occasions where she thinks she's killed him so she just drops his kitchen knife right next to his body twice twice she does that so there's there's always those kinds of things in in that movie and in other halloween movies but in halloween kills Almost everybody he kills in that movie didn't necessarily have to get killed. Like they could have gotten away. Um, people, there, there's, there's a scene where he, he breaks into this house and there's a, the people in the house see a bloody handprint and an open door and then decide, and it's supposed to be comic sort of, it's these, these two gay guys and one of them takes out like a cheese knife and the other one takes out a kitchen knife, and they decide they're going to go upstairs and hunt him down. And then, of course, he kills them. But, like, you, you would just leave. And I understand that if you're being stalked by a, a killer in a mask on Halloween night that, that has killed many people, you're not going to have all of your wits about you. We can all think, yeah, well, I would do this and that, and I'm, you know... And you probably wouldn't think of those things because your heart's beating at 250 fucking beats per minute and, and you're sweating and you, you can probably barely move and your fight or flight is going haywire. But there are some instinctual things that one would probably do, like leave the house. And there are many occasions where, you know, people are shooting guns at him and they, they all of a sudden they just they can't shoot and they, they keep missing him. Um, running away from Michael Myers is, is a cliche, right? The, there's memes about it going back ages where we all know Michael Myers walks in a very straight line at a brisk pace. He does not run. He does not jog. He doesn't even speed up. 
he continues at his brisk pace and simply waits for you running away to make a mistake. And someone always does. There's uh, an example in this movie of that happening. And the girl actually gets away, but it's, it's ludicrous because what happens is, is she sees him and, and then she starts out full sprint. And immediately she's got 50 yards on the guy. Just total safe gap, keep running, and you're home free. What does she do? She stops at a tree and looks back to see if he's still there. Of course he's still there. You just sprinted like a 40-yard dash in you know record time. Just keep going. She doesn't. She, she jogs then to a little like river bed. It's, it's like this little like park. They're in a park, and it's like one of those little rivers in a park with a bridge over it. And she hides under that and waits for Michael Myers to take his sweet time getting to where she is. And she covers her mouth and she covers her breathing and, and her, her, her little screams that are popping out. And then you hear the breathing through his mask, which is actually kind of cool because that's a callback to the original movies. But he can't find her and he, he just says, well, whatever. And he goes on to his next, his next victim. But she could have just run the entire time. She could have run at him and just given herself like 50 feet between the two of them and just run in the other direction right past him. If you keep running, he's not going to catch up. We all know this. And then they put it in the movie. And I don't know if it was one of those things where they put it in the movie as like a throwback to those types of things. I mean, because it's a cliche. There's a fucking like car commercial where they show every Halloween now where there's these teenagers that are running away from a, a killer and there's a there's like a car that's already the ignition is on it's ready to go and one of the girls says why don't we just get into the turned on car and they say no no let's go hide in the chainsaws funny right but that kind of thing happens in this movie over and over and over again and not only that but there's so much fucking killing in the movie that there's very little room for plot and when there is plot the dialogue is it's it's terrible and and it's weird because the last halloween movie was done by all of these same people uh scott teams danny mcbride david gordon green the writers they wrote the last movie it was great david gordon green directed this one directed that one uh, great movie I, I don't know what was going on with them especially the great Danny McBride. And, and these guys understand Halloween, the franchise. They understand the lore. They understand the characters. And I will get into that because I think some of that was done well. But the, the, the fucking dialogue is terrible, and the acting suffers as a result. Which, again, like we know these people can act. We just saw them in the last movie. Obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis knows what she's doing. Fucking Anthony Michael Hall is in this one. We know Anthony Michael Hall knows what he's doing. Judy Greer, Will Patton, they can fucking act. We know that. We saw them in the last movie, killing it. Pun intended. Well, I mean, they didn't really kill anybody, but you know what I'm saying. It, it, there's there's a, a, a gigantic disconnect between the writing and the structure of this movie versus the last one. This one, it's, it's mainly, it's, it's like a gore fest. People take forever to die. Every single death in this movie, none of them is instantaneous. It's always the person like has to gurgle blood for five minutes or 
or death rattle or they they get knocked you know into what would be a an unconscious concussion over and over and over again but they just keep gurgling and screaming and moaning and groaning and it's 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 ridiculous and i don't i'm not afraid of gore i'm not like you know, skittish about that stuff but that's not what halloween's about it's about the suspense it's about the hunt it's about the predator it's about evil it's about good it's about all those things it's not about this uh so having said all that, I mean, I, I could I could give you more and more examples of st- stupid shit that happens in that movie. Well, let me give you the, the, the biggest one. So there's this mob of people that that come together, that are rallied together by Anthony Michael Hall, who plays the older version of Tommy, who was the kid being babysat by Jamie Lee Curtis in the original movie. And then the girl that she was babysitting is also in the movie, same actress who played the little girl. She's actually the one that runs away from him and hides by the little creek and, and she, she lives. So Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle is, is rallying together like this big mob of people and they're gonna go get Michael Myers. And they all think that Michael Myers is gonna come to the hospital where Jamie Lee Curtis is at because she, she got her ass kicked a little bit by Michael Myers in the last movie so she's getting all fixed up in the hospital, can't go anywhere. And then they think that this other escaped mental patient is Michael Myers. So they chase him down and he eventually, he freaks out and he jumps off the roof of the hospital and it's disgusting. And then of course, like every other death, even though he's jumped like 10 stories and you could see his brains all over the fucking cement, they have to throw in a death rattle. (laughs) Like one last twitch. You got to show the guy how. After he's been on the ground for like five minutes, a little death rattle. Come on. Uh, so uh, I like the connections that, that that Anthony Michael Hall would would have all this you know bitterness and, and he's and he's kind of creepy and stuff. But his acting is is rarely good because he's got these stupid lines to say all the time. So the mob eventually corners Michael Myers at the very end, and they beat the shit out of him bats fucking he gets shot a couple of times uh it just you know they they, they give him the, the the once over the twice over the thrice over he he's he's out all right but you know they do explain drop hints through the course of the movie as they did in the original that there's something about him that is stronger than a man there's something about him that's different and so there's this sort of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing a voiceover. She's talking to Officer Hawkins and in the hospital, because he's in the hospital, because he also got uh, cut by Michael Myers in the last movie. <clears throat> and she's talking about how with every kill, Michael Myers sort of transcends and, and becomes evil incarnate more and more. And then so as she says that, of course, he pops up off the street where the mob has killed him or any other human being and kills them all. And that's the end, which I I can accept that ending on the basis of the fact that in the original movie, he gets shot six times by Donald Pleasance, Dr. Loomis. He gets shot six times. He gets stabbed in the neck by Jamie Lee Curtis. He gets stabbed by her a couple of times and then he gets shot six times and he still, and he lives. 
So, and they also talk in that movie about he's pure evil and, and things like that. So there's something else going on with him. And there is one more Halloween movie coming in this particular trilogy called Halloween Ends. So we will find out what the deal is with him. Now, how they go with this is going to be very interesting because in the movie, The Curse of Michael Myers, which was made in the, in the 90s, it was Paul Rudd's uh, film debut. It turns out that Michael Myers is like controlled by this sort of these, this is a movie that I I have, it's hard for me to watch. So I didn't watch it this season. I watched like five minutes of it, but basically he's like controlled by this, this evil force and it makes him immortal and impervious to being killed because in the movie before that he gets shot like literally a hundred times. There's a, there's sort of a mob that chases him down in that movie too. The Curse of Michael Myers, and and they don't beat him with bats and shoot him a few times. They, there's several people armed with several different types of firearms, and each one of them empties every single fucking round they have into that man. I mean, it goes on and on of, of, of this guy just taking bullets and finally falling into this little creek thing, and then it ends, and the next movie he's alive again. So how they're going to go with this whole evil thing interests me because, and now I will get to what I liked about the movie. The original script, the original story, and the original movie of Halloween, Michael Myers is referred to as as pure evil by Dr. Loomis several times. In the beginning of the movie, he doesn't even call him him. He calls him it. In the credits of the movie, Michael Myers is referred to as the shape that's an original idea they had for the movie, and then they, but he in it made it to the actual movie where he's just he's just called the shape. So there's there's something else with him, and and Doctor Loomis emphasizes over and over again that this is pure evil. And in that movie, the only reason he's staking out Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, is because and Tommy, little Tommy that she's babysitting, is because she works for her dad, who's a realtor, and they're selling the old Michael Myers house. And when he escapes from the mental institution that he was in, because when he was a little kid, he killed his sister, he immediately goes to that house. And he's in there, and he sees them come up and put, like, you know, for sale signs and shit on it. And that sets him off to put a stop to them as human beings living. But he's not in. He's not out because he's related to them or anything. He's just doing it because they fucked with his house, or he thought they might fuck with his house. The original poster for Halloween in 1978 says, "The night he came home." So there's this thing about him getting back to his house. I don't exactly know why, but in this Halloween, Halloween Kills, they go back to that theme that he's trying to go home. And they, they do what was great about this movie. The one thing that was great about this movie is that they do these flashbacks to the 1978 movie, but it's not actually the movie. They, they shot scenes that to, to add a subplot about Officer Hawkins, but they make it look and sound and the music and everything, and even the way Michael Myers is, is dressed and he's thinner and stuff, they make it seem like 
you know, I and and Charlie, when I saw this commented on, we both had the same thought that maybe these were like unused scenes from the original movie or they were just like recut. Uh, but no, they actually filmed it for this movie and they did an amazing job. And so the first 10 minutes of that movie or whatever, when they're doing one of these flashbacks is fucking great. And then it, and then the movie starts and it's got the classic intro, the music, the little pumpkin, all that stuff. And, and then it, and then it goes to shit. But they, they do return to that idea that, that his whole thing, his whole motivation is to get home for whatever reason. And they talk about, one of the officers talks about in the flashback that he hung out with Michael Myers when he was a little kid and all he would do was stare out his sister's bedroom window. And then, you know, he stabbed his sister in the tits and she died. That's actually a line from the movie. It's one of the, the few humorous moments is... Uh, one of the guys that the, the the two guys that live in Michael Myers' house that I was talking about earlier that saw the bloody handprint and decided to try to kill him with a cheese knife, uh, those those two dudes, this gay couple, uh, that again like they're sort of in there for comic relief. One of the guys is is trying to scare these kids and he says because they're playing pranks on him and he says you know where you know who lived in this house, Michael Myers. You know what he did? He stabbed his sister in the tits. And I, a million dollars says that Danny McBride wrote that line. Uh, I think he wrote both those characters and probably wanted to play one of them and should have because that would have really actually brought enough comic relief to maybe forgive some of the other stuff that happens in the movie. But anyway, I'm, I'm talking about what I liked about the movie. And I want to get back to the idea that, <clears throat> excuse me, in the original Halloween, 1978, once again, Michael Myers, not related to Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, told you about it. He was in her, he was in his house. She came. She, he thought he was going to fuck with it, so he went out to kill her. Then, you get rid of all of the sequels and you go straight to the 2018 version. He ends up at her house again, not out of chasing her down, but because his new doctor wants to see what will happen, so he takes him there. And then he wants to become Michael Myers in this in this weird moment. But so Michael Myers isn't chasing Laurie Strode around. And they, and they kind of play on that in Halloween Kills because everyone thinks he's going to come to the hospital to kill her. But he's like, he's not interested in that. He doesn't give a shit about her. He wants to get to his house. So he, here's, <laughs> there are three Halloween timelines. And this is, this is how it works with the brother-sister relationship. If you watch, and, and by the way, if you want to see a chart of this, you can go to Wikipedia and look up the original Halloween, or the Halloween franchise, and it will show you literally a chart of three different ways to watch the Halloween franchise. So what I, I will call the prime timeline, the non-familial timeline, would be the 1978 movie, the 2018 movie, Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. So that's one chart. The second is the sister arc, which is Halloween 1, then Halloween 2, which is the one where they introduce the fact that they're related, and then Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is an unrelated movie, and then Halloween 4, 5, and 6, where at this point, Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode nowhere to be found in those movies, and, and now Michael Myers is chasing around her niece, and then it gets into the fact that he's controlled by witches and shit like that, and then they just they gave up. So what they did after that 
was in 1998 for the 20th anniversary of Halloween. They made Halloween H2O 20 years later. And they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis for that. And that one basically goes from Halloween 1 and 2 and then skips the 4, 5, and 6 chasing the niece around. So you go Halloween 1, Halloween 2, H2O, and then after that is a movie called Resurrection, which is fucking terrible, where Jamie Lee Curtis dies in the beginning, and then the rest of it is like Busta Rhymes and Katie Sackhoff doing some sort of live stream from Michael Myers' old home, and he, and he comes and he kills them all. Then you got the Rob Zombies on the side. So that's the three ways to, to watch it. You can watch the, uh, the family timeline, which is one, two, four, five, six. You can watch the family timeline without the niece, which is one, two, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection. Or you can watch what I consider now is to be like the, the, the best, even though Halloween kills sucks, the, the, the best structure of the story, which is one and then 2018 and then this one and then the next one, if you care about any of that. Uh, but it is interesting because Jamie Lee Curtis said that when she came back to do Halloween H2O, her idea for what her character would be was much like what the 2018 version is, which is that she's just fucked up. She's an alcoholic. She's just fucking traumatized beyond belief and can't deal with it. And then Michael Myers dies at the end. And the studio was in typical studio fashion. They were like, yeah, that's a good idea. What if, yeah, she's an alcoholic and stuff like that. But at the end, she thinks she killed Michael Myers, but not necessarily. And she's like, no, 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 he's got to die. And they, they kept filming like these different endings and stuff until she was finally like, okay, I guess that's good enough. But it turns out in that movie that she killed the wrong guy. So then they had to do another, you know, then they do, they do another one where she was like, I don't want to be a part of this, but I'll be in like the first scene, kill me off and I'll be done with it. So that that's how those two movies kind of came about. And uh, they, they, they suffer greatly for it. And then there, and then they go in, there's movies where like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, gets killed with his own hockey stick and stuff. It's just, it, it's nonsense. Most of the Halloween movies are nonsense. And this one joins the ranks, but it's particularly disappointing to me because, and they return to the mythology of Halloween as it originally was and how that character originally was conceived. He's the boogeyman which is a general term for evil, for fear, for uh, terror, even the devil himself in some cases. So that's what, that's what he was and that's what he is in this movie and the rest of it is total shit. Uh, let me read to you before we get on to some, some fun and some clips. I'm going to read to you Charlie Crabtree's review. He did, you know, he, I, I told you to appear on the show, and in some ways, he, he, he is. Here is his review. He was kind enough to write it out in text form for me to read to you. His review of Halloween Kills. Fuck this movie. And there you go. That's, uh, that's his review. It's hard to disagree. I, I <laughs> again, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap date. I am, I am gonna always see yeah yeah i know i know all of that sucked but there was this thing in it that i liked and this thing in and i liked and I, you know i do that with the star wars movies i do that with most stuff 
Elton John's new album's a piece of shit, Bill. Yeah, yeah, track five's okay. Uh. By the way, Elton John does have a new album called The Lockdown Sessions. And uh, it's all collaborations and stuff. It's fun. It's fine. I liked it. Listened to it like twice. Probably won't listen to it again. Yeah, but I like track three. And, and no, it's actually, it, it, is, it, it, it is fun. It's enjoyable. It's, uh, it's kind of like being at a party where Elton John invites all his friends and they, and they sing songs. That's about it. All right, uh, let's take you back to a discussion that Charlie and I were having a few years ago on Halloween about horror movies in general. Because I could go on and on and on about them and just talk to you about, I, th- I like this one and I like that one. But it, when discussing movies that you're not sort of reviewing and recapping as I just was with, with Halloween Kills because it's a brand new movie, always nice to hear a back and forth discussion. And I, I always enjoyed this one. And again, this was released like on Halloween. So didn't get a lot of listens, as this one probably won't either because it's very close to Halloween. But anyway, eh, whatever. Here you go. This is uh, this is us talking some horror. Human centipede, real quick. Just, no, just dude. real quick. Just real quick. No. Just, just ten seconds on it. The first one thought was hilarious. <laughs> you thought it was like a comedy. I, well, I just think it, I thought it was intended kind of to be funny. It, it was. I don't it was know, so dude. stupid. That I thought it was like I, I, I didn't. I don't think I saw that movie. Maybe I saw like a an extended clip of it or something. It's not something I need to ever put in my. I don't want that in my brain. No, you don't need it in your brain. And then it, and then the, there's two more, and it just gets worse. You gotta worse you gotta be careful of what you let into your head. That's true. That's gonna take the room of something else that could be in there. That's why I, like, I don't need that in there. That's why I like watching horror movies on Halloween, not Human Centipede. That's not. I, that, I don't even count that as a horror movie. It's just it's a shock experiment or something. But. Um, uh, the horror movies that I, I like to watch at Halloween, I, again, it's like it's Halloween time, so I watch them in a different way so it doesn't take up my that kind of space in my brain. But I will tell you one that freaked me out as an adult. You were talking about, you know, like watching ones not wanting to go outside and up in the attic yeah. and stuff like that. I watched one that made me wake up while I was awake, but it made me turn the movie off. This is recently. This was in the last three years. <sighs> turn the movie off. Turn on the lights. You know get something to drink, walk around, put something else on TV. Like, and it was 1408 with John Cusack. Yeah. It terrified me at this age of that. That makes a lot of the, the best Halloween movie list. Does I, it? I, I was scan- like I said before, I was scanning them just to like jar my, my memory a little bit. And that one's on a lot of them. That's so good. And so it didn't terrifying. start off that scary, and then all of a sudden, no. you're like, when did this get fucking horrifying? I think that's why. I think that's why it works. So you don't well. see it coming because it kind of lulls you into a yes. sense of like, okay, there's something going on, but it's not really that scary. And then it just goes fucking straight to hell. Yeah, really hell too. Like, uh, oh what is it? God. Like the last thirty minutes too. Yes, and you're right. It does. It lulls you into. You get lulled into John Cusack's mindset, which is he's the debunker, right? He's going to yes. debunk all the haunted, the the you know haunted houses and stuff like that. And so you really get lulled into his mindset because he keeps thinking, that, oh, that's just this and that's just this. And you're like, yeah, you're right, John Cusack. And then John Cusack starts to realize that shit's getting bad. And then you start realizing it. And then it's too late. It's too late. Exactly. <laughs> well put. You're like, oh, fuck. Oh man, that's a good one. Fourteen oh eight. That is a good one. Any of the um, Conjuring type of movies, like loosely based on a true story, Amityville oh, yeah. horror. Mm-hmm. That's, Amityville that's horror the is stuff classic. where, like, I don't want to go in the backyard. 
and go turn you know the light off in the in the back shed stuff where i'm like i shouldn't have watched that movie yep i'm someone's dad i can't like be scared to go outside (laughs) so like and i know it's going to do it to me so you know and i do love those movies but at that point it's like i guess you just don't get to that's the price of being a a parent like i cannot be freaked out about stuff like that you have to be able to be brave or go turn a fucking light off that's outside. <laughs> brave enough to go in the garage and turn the fucking light off. Yeah, yeah. And I start jamming those movies into my head, and I, nope. I, I could watch 10 Freddy movies and not get that feeling, but one of those fucking Conjuring movies, and I'm looking over my shoulder. Those those do disturb me as well. Those those are like, yeah. And I, like and those I said, are good movies, too. No, and there's great. so many good horror movies right now that I, I would love to just go nuts on them, and I just can't. I get, I mean, I, I'm selective about it. You know, I, I try to choose ones that aren't going to scare the shit out of me when I didn't think 1408 was going to, but that I'm going to be entertained and, and maybe like, you know, spooked. Like, you know, but then there's a lot out now. And, you know, I'm always looking at the found footage ones and, and there's so, so, mo- almost every found footage movie is bad. And I said this on the last podcast, but they, they made a Blair Witch 3, which, which was another movie where it like it, it, it discredited the sequel. Because there's a, there's a Blair Witch two, but it's not found footage. Uh, I think they're all trash. I don't know. Okay. Well, in Blair Witch three, is, they do it like camcorder style again, but they all have like Bluetooth cameras on their ears, so it's like a regular movie, but it's found footage. But it, it's so bad that I I literally fell asleep. It was the opposite of fourteen oh eight. I fell asleep okay. during this horror movie, and it was during I fell asleep like during the big massacre when the Blair Witch comes <laughs> out and kills everything. People are getting their heads chopped off and screaming, and it was so bad. That like I couldn't even be bothered to reach for the remote control and turn it off. You just like, oh. turned over and fell asleep while that was going yeah, on behind you. Whatever, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> People are fucking getting massacred, and I'm just like, oh, this sucks. Whatever, dude. I'm just going to sleep. It's so boring. Even the massacre is so boring. <laughs> what about like the the horror comedy movies? I know you like some of those, but are you a fan of that genre or is that? I love them. Shaun of the Dead, yeah, uh, love Shaun of the Dead. Yes, most of them are zombie movies. Yeah, yeah. Or Scream, which is kind of both, right? Scream is really good. Scream is actually one of my favorites because it is both. Because it's like there's a lot of levels to Scream. It's like it's funny, but it's also good horror, and then it's also like meta humor about horror. Yeah, about horror movies and horror tropes and horror cliches and stuff like that. And it kind of wraps everything into that ball. Those are I really like those. The Dead Don't Die is one of those, which was. Not, it, I really wanted to love the shit out of that movie, but just you know, they did the whole meta humor thing, and I like I saw that. they're making it's, new, it's newer. It's probably on on demand right now. It's got oh, uh, okay. Kylo Ren and Bill Murray in it. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dead don't die. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Did you see Ash versus Evil Dead? The the new reboot sequel to Evil no. Dead. Oh, dude, it's on Netflix. No, I'll watch it. You got to watch it. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Because you know how Evil Dead got funnier? Yeah. Like by the time it was like by Army of Darkness was the third one. It's like a pure comedy almost. Right. So this one takes place, you know, now. I mean, this was on just it was on stars for like four seasons and then it just ended and they put on Netflix. So it's really, really recent. And so Bruce Campbell's uh, Ash again, obviously, and and he (laughs) he gets all... uh, one night he's like fucked up and he's like, he's total, like he's smokes weed and drinks all the time. He's an, like, he wears dentures, he dyes his hair. He's just a total yeah. fucking douchebag. Right? Uh-huh. 
and he's got his arms. You know, he's got his fake arm because of he, yeah, he, yeah, from of course. when he cut off the when he killed the girl in the movie. And so he's he's at his trailer. He lives in a trailer, and he's with this girl one night, and they're they're fucking smoking weed and stuff. And she's talking about how she loves French poetry, and he's like, uh, I think I have some poetry around here. And he pulls out the Book of the Dead, and he starts reading from it. And so he evokes the spirits. That, that wasn't a movie. That was a series, right? Yeah, it's a series. I saw like one episode of that, and it was hilarious. But I just oh, it's so funny. You know, lost the thread. Things were going on. And yeah, I always yeah. meant to get back and watch those. You should go back and watch it, dude. Are it's they still so making good. new ones, or is it done? No, they they uh, they. I don't know if it got canceled or whatever, but they didn't go to make another season, which sucked because they it didn't end. Like it set up another season, and then they just ah, stopped that's too doing bad. it. Yeah, it was it was it was a son of a bitch. Because God, it's funny. There's one like <laughs> like Ash is running full speed to kill this zombie and like his friend throws throws him his chainsaw arm and he like catches it with his arm in the air and then like slashes the zombie it's like that over the i top. saw the scene that you were talking about so okay that yes and the I, fucking then the and the, the book of the dead is like just talking shit to him all the time <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do ash run for president <laughs> it's the best I, that that's very Halloween to me too. I've been watching some of that select episodes on Netflix. What about like um, kind of more sci-fi horror stuff like Aliens, mm. The Fly? The Fly, I, I almost consider Halloween type thing. Do you? Certainly the original. I do like some of the old black and white. You know, I mean, uh, like like Jaws see, is on every like the greatest horror film. Right? Things. Is that a horror like? Well, I think Jaws is to me. I mean, I'm it. It hasn't aged well. Although I will say this. I mean, obviously, I don't consider it a Halloween movie, but as a horror movie, as a thriller, if you watch Jaws the night before you're going to go to the beach, even today, scariest movie of all time, you will be fucking terrified the next day. I don't care that it's dated or the shark looks fake. Right. You will be scared at the ocean the next day. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> I don't care how old the movie is. You will be scared. Try it out. Try it out. Try it out. See if I'm wrong. No, I yeah. dare you. I get it. Oh, you're not going to want that. Afraid to swim in the swimming pool, thinking something's going to bite your legs off. Seriously, though. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because that's got kids getting eaten in it and stuff. Jaws is disturbing to me still. I don't know. Some people... Yeah, Jaws doesn't care if you're a good guy. He's not going to walk past you to kill the, the dickhead no. behind yeah, you. He's Jaws... just going to eat what he sees. Exactly. Jaws, Jaws is not a demented superhero. He is a fucking cold-blooded killer, as are all <laughs> sharks, and uh, he deserves what he gets. Yeah, I think my favorite Halloween movies now are the, the Rob Zombie ones. The Three from Hell, right? That's like the nickname, I think, of the three yeah. of them. Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses. And then there's a new one, and I haven't seen that, called Three from either. Hell. But I think that might have gone straight to, I don't know if that even hit the theaters or not. Well, you know what Rob Zombie can do is that he can evoke that Texas Chainsaw Massacre feeling that you were talking about when you had as a kid that your brother-in-law did not have watching it now. Yeah. He can he can capture that and bring it into the, the deliverance modern, thing yes. where you, you take two left turns and you're in the middle of fucking hell. That see that freaks me out. Those that that, type that of scares thing. me too. Okay, so I I tend to say like if I can shoot it in the face with a gun and get away, then it's not that scary to me. But that weird backcountry, deep inbred in the fucking woods, like these, yeah. there's just people on 
the earth right now that are just doing that or like that, that does creep me out. That does creep me out too. That There's times where I've been driving yeah. home from gold country and, you know, I get into a place where I'm not 100% sure and there's just a, a random house or something it'll yeah. creep it'll creep me out what the fuck goes on in that yeah, place like where, why is It'll that give there the goddamn chills it's not a ranch there's no crops there's no animals population seven yeah like this, there's just, that, the that's just a fucking house on? in the middle of a field yeah there's nothing good about that nothing whether it's haunted or there's is it worse if it's haunted or if there's people living in it right like one of the two <laughs> right in the current state it's in right right exactly yeah which of the two is scarier you know, it's creepy as shit. We didn't talk about this, I don't think, on our, on our last podcast, but, uh, and this isn't horror, but just to, that kind of thing is when they do the Manson Ranch in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. It's so, when, they, when he goes into the room where the, where the Bruce Dern lives and they're just the fucking crazy-ass hippies the, the, are dude, sitting The Manson there. family has that vibe. Oh, yeah. There's just absolutely. people walking around that are doing this. They're, they're in this country with us. Yeah. Again, two left turns, man, and you're like, what the fuck? And that's probably the most likely out of all of them, of, of horror movie things. None of the real-life horrors of, like, sh- shootings and shit, but of, like, things that might happen to you out of a horror movie, it probably the most likely would involve the two left turns I more agree. than going up into the attic or whatever, you know? I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Martin Cove... Yeah, has one Speaking line. Speaking of which, oh, well, yeah, because yeah. he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We were all excited and, about that, and it was like three words or something. He says, uh, "You never bring him in alive, do you, Butch?" Yeah, that's it. That's all he says. And I think half of the, half of it, he's off camera. <sighs> but hey, man, poor you know, bastard. dude, he got to be in Tarantino movie and, and act with Leonardo DiCaprio, and you know, half a day. Why not? You know, I, I he never... probably filmed three other movies that day too. I. <laughs> Probably did it, although I think he's slowing down. You want to do a Marty Cove check real Please, quick? Yeah, yeah. it's been a while. It's been a while. How's, how's he doing? I don't see any new titles. Really? The Savant? Maybe that's a new one. D-Day? I don't remember D-Day. I think that's new. Day 13? That might be new. Bring Me a Dream we did. Inferno by Dante. The Roommates. We did all those. Yeah, man. Yeah. Maybe there's only two or three. Ah, I mean, still, though, for 2019, if you want me to count, it's a total of one, two, three, four, twenty. 20. <laughs> it's still fucking 20. <laughs> and Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai's in there, you know, a whole yes. fucking series that he's doing. Yeah, I started there, 18 to 2019. But they're doing, I think they're probably starting, I think they're already shooting. And to be fair, some of those 20 are post-production or completed. And some of those are announced, of course. Announced, those are the best. Um, but it's still 20. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. 20, Bill. <gasps> All right, so wrapping up this, this Hallow's Eve uh, celebration of, of Halloween films, Charlie, a- any, any other notables, any other uh, should see or scared you to death, um, anything else? <sighs> I'll tell you um, something that scared me to death real quick. Hmm. The voiceover in Thriller. I was 10 years old. 10 years old. That, that is one of the most unscary things I could think of. Terrified me. When I heard, it's not terrifying at all. When I heard you were a weird kid. I know, but I, I was a scared kid. But when, when Vincent Price, Price says, 
and though and though you fight to stay alive when he when i heard him say that it really shook me he's the liberace of horror yeah i know my parents <laughs> my parents brought me back around from the trauma of that by explaining how ridiculous vincent price is and how it, like uh i think we've talked about this before and you mentioned elvira you know it's like he's kind of like an elvira right type yeah, it's just not scary at it's all. It's midnight Halloween show, and I'm Vincent Price, and it's like it's like he's on some cheese. That's like set, being scared so. of the Monster Mash song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play the Monster Mash song. <laughs> like that's like being scared of that. You know what? Uh, to bring this up, because uh, one time when we talked about this before, you you did mention something that was really interesting about horror movies uh, with time, sort of losing the, uh, Halloween characters losing their scariness. Because they become uh, standard Halloween costumes and decorate like like Frankenstein's monster is not scary. Nobody mentioned in the Monster Mash song is scary, right? But Frankenstein's monster at one point was terrifying. They still make good wolf movies every now and then. I don't think there's a, a vampire movie that has ever come close to scaring me. No, I've never been. Lost scared Boys. Of there's there's oh, one that's of the a best great favorite movie. Halloween movies of all time. Yes, good call. Good but that's call. another one that like is just kind of shown all year around. And if it just happens to be on TV, I probably don't change the channel. Yeah, that's not one of those ones where I'd be like, nope, Halloween only. Like you know, I, I'm weird about that too. Like I will not watch Independence Day past July Fourth. You know. I, there's just certain movies that, like uh, any Christmas movie, it's Christmas only. Like you know, y- y- if if I hear one word of "It's a Wonderful Life" in July, I will be pissed off. Like, <laughs> wh- why is this on? Who's watching this? What the fuck? Wh- where? Wh- why is this even around right now? Why does this even exist when it's not December? You know the greatest uh, horror movie that was never made, Charlie? Hmm. It's called Zombo. <laughs> I know. It's a movie that was going to star you I was and in me. it, not in it. In it, not in it, we shot one scene. And it was about, uh, it basically, it was like sort of a takeoff on Serpent and the Rainbow where I turned you into a zombie. Uh, only death could save his life only was death. the tagline. It's the, one of the best fucking taglines ever. Only death could save his life. Yeah. In a town where, it's in and, time. And where. you know what? Zombo is so much best left with that tagline and the mystery of what that means. I, all I remember, Bill, <laughs> is at one point, he just doesn't want to be a zombie anymore and he digs a hole and he lays down in it and he's trying to bury himself. He's like pulling dirt on himself because yes. Zombo die now. Because <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't want to be a zombie right. anymore. And I remember also you start off with these great intentions of um I don't remember why you had to kill him to save his life. He was I know he's becoming like an asshole and making bad choices, but um then you just start having him do all your chores. Like, right. Like the Zombo is like mowing the lawn for yeah. him and doing things he didn't want to have to do. And by the end, I'm wearing like a, a, a like a, like a, a plantation owner's outfit and <laughs> drinking a mint julep. So there's that, you know, while you're digging a hole. And Bob Murray was the priest who was like, you never knew what side he was on. Right, right. And then in the end, he turned out to be like the mastermind of all this. That, that's right. That's yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> it was good. Never made, <laughs> but good. Bill also have a, a hell of a, a Halloween uh, Spotify playlist. So if, if you're oh. going to be going to a party or you need some Halloween music, I've pulled together the best of the best. Please. Halloween-related songs. Okay. You want Time Warp? It's in there. Okay. You want Whistling Past the Graveyard? That's in there. Okay. Some, some, you know, some heavy metal stuff, yeah. some old stuff. You know, you got to put the Monster Mash in. for yeah, the. you, you got to have some of the oldies in. 
Absolutely. Werewolves of London? Of course. Okay. Figured. If, if it mentions the devil. Yeah. Or if it was like in a scene, you know, jump in the line, you know, the from Beetlejuice, you know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. got all yeah. that. That's a good, yeah. So if you know me, you can follow me on Spotify if you grab that Halloween. Well, and you, you know, you're one of those guys. I mean, I was talking about how I only watch movies at certain times and stuff. You're always very good about, uh, you know, the burlap sack guy from Trick or Treat would, would respect how you do things also because, like, you know, you are very good about playlists, like on road trips that relate to where we're going or, 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 or the point of the trip. You know, you're very good at, like, pulling that kind of stuff up. Um, you know, you, you, you don't, you, you're not going to play like, you know, songs about, uh, being in the snow when we're driving through Arizona, Sure. you know, and you're adamant about it. It's like, no, it's right. not, That's know, right. it's like me with, you know, we're not watching It's a Wonderful Life in June just because you're depressed. Do you have favorite scary songs or certain type of Halloween wow, songs? That's a good question. I was thinking. Do you actually they're... listen to certain kind of music? Not re- no, that's the thing. I don't really listen to different music at Halloween. Dead time. Man's Party, Oingo Boingo. I, oh, that's a great one. We used to cover that. Yeah. In our old band One Eye Jacks, we also covered Werewolves of London. That's right. That's a dichotomy too, because uh, Dead Man's Party was hard as fuck to play, and Werewolves of London was one of the easiest songs ever because it's the same three chords over and over again. Right. That's it. Right. It's three chords. But uh, I digress. Yeah, no. If those if those songs come on, like I would listen to your playlist. I totally. Yeah, I'd get into that. The Halloween theme itself, like I some <laughs> the other night I sat down at my piano and just played that. What the Halloween theme? <laughs> you did just played it for myself. <laughs> what? So myself. this is what a, a crazy person I am. So I made one that's like more songs, and other ones that's like ambient sounds oh, or oh. songs and themes from music and instrumentals and stuff so i have two playlists That's that are halloween dedicated good for you man god yeah. that burlap sack guy is sitting out there on the fucking on the fence just i mean i've got a zombie graveyard in my backyard right now all set up he's gonna give you like and a, a fucking... pirate bar come on man the burlap sack guy is gonna give you like a commendation <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get a, you can get like a thank you note from that guy. Halloween atmosphere is that playlist. Wow! Like Friday the Thirteenth music, like all oh, kinds of music. stuff like that in there. Yeah, those good They're stuff good. from John Carpenter movies and stuff. John and Carpenter so really does, that that's like could be a, its own podcast. Is like the music from uh, horror movies. How fucking good it is! Like we talk about like Star Wars, for instance. Like John Williams' con- contribution to Star Wars is as important as anything yes same with with um horror movies if it's got true. really good scary music and there's always like hooks that's why um like going back to stranger things that's one of the reasons that that i think was so good was that especially in the first season is that that music that 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 80s synth creepy yeah music that they had in that in that show but synth have even made it without like you know, yeah, no, to do all that I, I kind of stuff. Like right. it, the horror movies were made for it. You know, it's interesting in that in the thing of music with horror is uh, I was watching The Walking Dead recently, and I I don't like it anymore, but I just watch it because I've it's like I've been there this long. It's like just it's like just deciding that you're gonna stay in a marriage just because. I, I, I'm and, I'm in that relationship right, right now. You have the same. You're in the same way with that. My show. wife doesn't watch it anymore. This was the season she stopped. And yeah, and God, so many people have jumped ship from that show. But I was noticing, I was watching it with um, quietly, and I had the the captions on, 
you know, because it was like they mumble a lot in that show and stuff. And they, but there's this thing where on the captions they'll put little musical notes sometimes, like when people are talking, but then they're they're not talking for a second. They'll put little musical notes up there just to let you know that there's music playing. Okay. But for okay. some reason, like like I love the theme and stuff like that. And Bear McCurry is like a fucking great composer. He's great. He's but great. Every time they would show those two little musical notes, it would pull my attention to the music that was playing and I would realize how good it was, but how not, you know, not like the opposite of hooks and stuff like that. It was like sounds and music, but I was like, God, the fucking music is so good that I rarely think about that with Walking Dead because I, I just take it for granted. It's just, there's a lot of ambiance stuff that goes on and there's so much kind of noise in that show. But I was just that little cue of looking up there and saying, hey, there's music playing. I was like, listening to it fuck that's really god i mean it's, it's everything great stuff if you you've got like a bad composer and a good horror movie it's not gonna nearly be as good it's gonna suck a bad or composer like can the, ruin anything think of like the nightmare on elm street theme right now it's so good mm-hmm. i want to like play it out loud right now i won't but i think i can't remember offhand but but if memory serves hellraiser has really good music i'm sure and Hellraiser was one of those two, one of those that like one of my first horror franchises that I watched, and it creeped me out. It didn't scare me, but it was just so fucking creepy. It was visually, yeah, scary. This guy, skinless dude. And I remember, I think that the sounds were scary. It was, yeah. it was more style than substance for sure. Right, right, right. And so, from Halloween horror movies, we'll talk about Halloween music, Halloween playlists, Halloween songs, the best, and. Also, you know, one of the all-time, all-time classics of horror and a a Halloween staple at any haunted house, on anyone's playlist, you're going to hear it in October unless you're just sitting in a cave, the great thriller. And if you didn't hear this last year, the missing verse from the Vincent Price rap of Thriller played for you the actual recording of Vincent Price doing his his lost verse and uh, a little discussion of it. I've come to love it. And did you know that there is a missing verse from that? No. A verse? Well, do you want to hear it? Will you read it in his voice? Do you want to hear it in his voice? Yeah. Not oh, only wait. that, do you want to hear the rap with no music? Good. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, you have, I thought you were, okay. It's actually recorded. You're going to play the recording. You're not going to recite it as him. No, I mean I might like you to recite it as him better, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I could do that, but I. I okay, chef's no, choice, no. Charlie. No, no, chef's I want to hear it. No, 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 I want to. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear the real thing. I, I, I've never. I can't believe that I've never heard this before. Uh, is this just? Uh, I just. This just popped up. Um. I, I do not want to share the screen. I just want to share the audio. Is this is that going to happen? You can do that. If I if I do that, uh, am I sharing the screen now? Is this You're sharing screen. A yeah. Bunch of bullshit on my screen. There is a bunch of bullshit on your screen. There's, There's a way. Bunch of bull- you got to clean up your desktop, dude. This is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, with with I don't want any bullshit on on my screen. I just want. Uh, uh, music or computer sound only share. Now, is this back to normal again? Yes. Okay, now if I do this, is there bullshit on my screen? None. Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. For the audience and for you. Darkness falls across the land 
The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Y'all. And whoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Okay, here we come. This is the second... The demons squeal in sheer delight. It's you they spy, so plump, so right. For though the groove is hard to beat, yet still you stand with frozen feet. You try to run, you try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its icy grip. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> Check this out. It's great fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good fun. edit. It's a good edit. It's a great edit. Because you know what? So that plump, verse... so right. It it turned like him trying to be scary into sounding like you were about to be like sexually assaulted. So it's a good cut. Um, yours neighborhood. Y'all's neighborhood terrorize y'all's. I was actually... saying yours neighborhood and he was just taking liberty with the language and just saying it like that does he say y'all's neighborhood he says y'all's and and i that's something that i was wondering yours neighborhood no he says y'all always thought it was yours and it always strikes me as weird like why is he saying that i thought that same thing but the, the way he says evil it's nobody can say the word evil better than vincent price the no, Alec Guinness comes in pretty good up there, but it's all those those guys, you know, like like uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee and like Vincent Price. They all could do that. The, the rolling of the R's, you know, and rot inside a corpse's shell. But that second verse, he also got very Liberace-ish too with the pump and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Demons plump and search. It started sounding like the Haunted Mansion from Disneyland at that point. I mean, it, the whole thing does, to be honest with you, but that, yeah, made it more so. <laughs> well, I, I wish I had thought that in 1984, dude, but uh, there were a couple weeks there where, uh, you know, standing face the hounds of hell was something that I was really afraid I was going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's no joke. I really was terrified by that song when I was a kid. So many of the lines that just, I don't know what it was. I, I, as a kid, I didn't watch a lot of horror movies. You know, I didn't, it wasn't until I became later in my teens that I started getting into all that stuff. So 
particularly the, the line Hounds of Hell that I talked about, and also rot inside a corpse's shell. What does that, what did that mean? Like I, as, as a 10 year old, I really analyzed that lyric. Does that mean that I am stuffed into a corpse and I rot inside the corpse because it's like a shell? Or am I put into, am I a corpse put into some sort of shell to rot? And that's too much to be thinking about Vincent Price just doing shtick, you know, <laughs> but I, yeah, for whatever reason, scared me. That also scared me when I went to a house trick-or-treating and went to the, no, this really happened, went to the door with a bunch of friends, knocked on the door, guy opens the door Already, already uh, strike one. He's just, there's something not right about this guy. He's wearing a, like a devil costume. Uh, and he says, yes, uh, welcome children. Happy Halloween. And he's like, okay, he's being funny, whatever. Just give us some fucking candy. Goes, walks back to his kitchen, comes back with a plate that's steaming. And there's pennies on it. There's steaming pennies. And he walks towards us and just saying, hot pennies hot pennies and and we bolt the fuck out of there to whichever parent was sort of monitoring the knight's house i don't remember but they called the like the police on this guy and stuff that is terrifying hot pennies it's hilarious now i love telling that story i tell it every year it's one of my favorites, but at the time, it was even kind of funny then because it was so bizarre that, you know, we got away, we were safe. It's not like the guy was going to kill us, but like, what exactly was he going to put the hot pennies in our... If we stuck around, had we stuck around, where were those hot pennies going? In the bag? Was he going to try to shove them in our mouth? I don't know. We'll never know. I, I, I wonder what happened to the hot pennies guy. Did he get arrested? I don't know. I think a cop car went to his house. I don't. It's. I don't remember. I could just be making that up. You know how memories go. I mean, I was probably like nine or something when that happened. But yeah, that's that's the hot pennies guy. So you know, some things you don't want to give kids when they're trick or treating is hot pennies, um, nicotine gum, uh, fruit, vegetables, toothpaste toothpicks, anything that's bullshit, uh, you know, uh, Reese's are great. There's the one packs, you know, a whole Reese's, not the little, the little ones are fine too. If you, if you, a handful, a handful of them, but if you, uh, one Reese's peanut butter cup is better than like three of those little ones. Cause you got to unwrap them and then you eat them. And then it's like, you went to all that trouble. Now you got to go to the next one. You open a nice one single Reese's, you get to enjoy it and then move on, you know, double Reese's, the whole thing. That's the shit. I always, whenever you get to a, a house where they're dealing real candy, like full Hershey bars, full on three Musketeers, a Snickers bar, regular size, I, I mean, those are, that's, those are gold mines. And then you just change costumes and go back to the house, you know, over and over again. But, uh, it, you know, just keep the bullshit out. Don't try to be clever and don't, don't put something healthy in there. I wonder this year, like, are there going to be like, like, uh, hand sanitizer and shit like that in people's, 
<laughs> it's for kids for the, uh, you know, the pandemic and all that. By the way, here's some more bad Halloween movie news. The next movie is going to take place uh, like like now. The, the first two were in 2018 because Halloween Kills takes place immediately after the first one. So it's it says, you know, this is 2018. They said for the new one, they're going to flash forward into contemporary times. So they're going to incorporate like modern events. It's like, I guess like the pandemic will have happened in that universe. And I try to be a guy who doesn't like start assuming shit about movies when they haven't even been made and they're not even in production yet. Like people are all freaked out about the new Matrix movie and the District 10 movie and they're talking about how it's gonna, they're all going to suck. It's like, dude, I don't even, those movies haven't even started filming yet. Like relax. Maybe they'll suck. I don't know. You can certainly decide that and, and more than, you know, welcome to, to think that, but maybe just wait until it comes out. See a trailer even and just say this looks like shit. Because to be honest, the Halloween Kills trailer was not exciting for me. When I saw that, I was like, I uh, this doesn't look like it's gonna it's gonna be very good, but you, you never know with trailers. But anyway, so the, the the next Halloween movie, Halloween Ends, is gonna take place in contemporary times. And I and I fear two things about that. The one is you're now welcoming the the, the opinion like I said, just as an example of like, you know, Matrix re-whatever re this time and, and District 10, people are already, they're saying it's going to be politi politicized, political, this and that. Everyone's so sensitive to that uh, and looking for it in movies that if, if you bring that shit into Halloween... No matter what you do, even if like constantly characters characters are qualifying everything by saying on both sides, like well, we respect both sides of this opinion, it's still people are going to be like, you know, they're they're looking for trouble. Anything, anything. I don't want to get too much into social commentary, but like just get some, it's like Star Wars. Just things suck before they come out. They, you know, or it, this is going to be this, this is going to be that, this is going to have a fucking social message that I don't want to hear. Just, uh, please, please, just let, let's just see it, and then, and then you can you can judge it from there. And and when you watch it, watch it a, as a movie. If something jumps out at you and says, "Hey, political message," then please, by all means, call it out. But I don't know. I don't know that's, that's a fucking separate rant. I just. The second thing that worries me about this that movie more than the rest of the shit is Halloween movies are an escape. And one of the things that you don't have to worry about in a Halloween movie is what's actually happening in the world. You, you get to escape to Haddonfield and, and, and live in that universe of, of, of those people. And one of the things that Halloween Kills does do right is it gets that vibe very, very solidly locked in. You get that whole, we're in Haddonfield, we're in this small town. Um, I, there, there's a lot, there's like a throwaway line where some cop says like, yeah, we're, we're bringing in state troopers or something. It's like, because obviously one town, like their, their three cops or whatever would have called in for some extra help at this point and that help probably would have arrived but they like they want to cover their ass on that so they just have some of the guys saying that in the background probably overdubbed after 
the fact. But I just, you know, I, again, I don't want to start reading things into the movie and go in there with these preconceived notions, and it's not even coming out for another fucking year. But I, I hope that it will have story, good acting, and dialogue, and that uh, you know we can we can we can live in that universe because we already dealt and deal with COVID and and people fighting with each other all the time about everything in the real world. So it doesn't really need to be incorporated into the Michael Myers world because he's plenty terror enough to take care of that. We don't need the extra shit that we already deal with. So I, I don't know if that's going to be really the case. That's what people are saying. People say a lot of shit. God knows what the next Matrix is going to be. But apparently, you know, people on Twitter already know. So, yeah, that's a little more about Halloween Kills for you. I talked about Midnight Mass on the last episode. That was a great Halloween watch. As a matter of fact, I, I got obsessed with Mike Flanagan, who did uh, Midnight Mass, because he also did Haunting of Hill House. And my, my Halloween binge this year was like everything that that guy's ever done. Doctor's Sleep, Hush, Gerald's Game, Before I Wake, then I watched The Haunting of Blind Manor, which people said sucks. It doesn't. It's just not like, it's not like creepy jump out scariest stuff with ghosts coming around the corner all the time. It's like, it's kind of like more like a love story or something. So I can see why people weren't really into it based on how good The Haunting of Hill House was, but it doesn't suck. I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. There's other, his other stuff is, is good. Dr. Sleep. I, I enjoyed. I know a lot of people didn't like that movie. Some people did. <laughs> I mean, I, go figure that people were divided on it. I thought it was very good because I thought, you know, one of the very few Stephen King books that I've ever read is The Shining. And I always thought that the the movie was captivating and it's it's good and it's weird and it's creepy and it, and it sticks with you and like a film. It's like you can't get it off. But I, I thought the way the book ended and everything, and I won't get, get into the, the, the details about it, but the book and the movie end so differently that I, I didn't quite understand why Stanley Kubrick made those choices, and they were not Stephen King's choices. He didn't like the way that movie ended. And Dr. Sleep sort of reverses the ending of itself to incorporate the ending of the original Shining book. And Stephen King was very much on board with that. Because he wrote Dr. Sleep as a novel, but then in the movie, they had to address the Shining movie, but Mike Flanagan very, very ingeniously sort of intertwined fixing what Stephen King thought was wrong about the Shining and incorporating it into Dr. Sleep without fucking with the Dr. Sleep book too much, which I have not read, I admit it. I have not read. I might read it, but uh, th I thought that movie was very good. I, I know it's it's not new, but... I also thought Ewan McGregor's accent was interesting because he he's doing a sort of American accent, but he's really, he's just kind of talking in a gruffer voice. It reminded me a lot of what George C. Scott did in his portrayal of Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, where he's not really doing a British accent. He, he floats out a couple of pronunciations of certain words now and then in a very British way to sort of give you 
the feel that he's doing a British accent, but really he's just talking in a kind of gruff George C. Scott voice, but it's a little more formal. And Ewan McGregor is kind of just doing the opposite. He's talking in, he's talking in a gruff vo voice that's like less formal. So it sounds a little more American, but he's not really doing an accent. It's really not that important. It's a very enjoyable movie. Also, Mike Flanagan, uh, I uh, found out in doing some, in my obsession with uh, his work over the last couple of weeks, found out that uh, he, and he announced this, so it's not like I'm breaking some sort of anonymity because I don't know the fucking guy, but that he is, he's been sober for several years now. And it didn't surprise me because recovery throughout tons of the movies and shows that I watched is a, is a predominant, like, theme it's it's in there all the time there's like an addict or somebody going to AA meetings and stuff all the time and I found that to be refreshing and very realistic I can tell you that uh you know without getting any details but family you know people I see I, I know a little bit about that and I know that there are a lot of movies that depict recovery that are about recovery that are completely inaccurate in their portrayal. It's over-dramatized. It's people smoking and crying and in rooms all the time and, and, and just like shaking and shit like that. And that's, you know, it, it, the, the Mike Flanagan portrayal of it is, is very realistic. It's just, it's very sort of stark and, and, and real and sort of stripped of, of everything as opposed to movies that are supposedly about recovery where, where it's the opposite, where everything's just people freaking out and, 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 you know, they can't deal with anything anymore and they're, they're drinking coffee and shaky hands and shit like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not really like that. I can tell you. Um, yeah, that's what I'll admit about me on this Halloween, the cold exposure. There is one other thing that I would be remiss if I didn't mention about Halloween movies in general. And Halloween Kills is no exception. The music is fucking amazing. Well, I mean, the, the original movies, the ones that John Carpenter did the music for, because he did the original theme, which is, I, I would say, I mean, I, I, I'll throw in the word arguably, but, you know, arguably the best, most certainly most recognizable horror theme in history. And it's such a fucking amazing piece of music and it's bizarre. I mean, it's written in for, you know, those musicians of you that care it's written in 10, eight time or a, you know, complex five, four time. If you want to get very technical, but it's, it's, it's fucking weird timing. It changes keys in no discernible, you know, fashion that goes by the quote unquote rules of, of changing keys. And it, it's just, it's one of my favorite pieces of music that exists in terms of like film scores and stuff outside of Star Wars. So I, uh, you know, I, I did a little cover of it because I've been trying to figure out how to play that song since I was a little kid before I even knew how to play piano because it sounds easy. It sounds like, well, you just got to have quick fingers and play these two little, oh, no, no, no. No, no, it is not easy. Again, it's in this crazy time signature. It's constantly changing keys. It, they don't make any sense. It's not easy. And I've always wanted to do like a, like learn how to play it properly and, and do a cover of it. So I did. So I'm going to play that for you. 
as we leave this Halloween episode. Uh, on behalf of Charlie Crabtree, myself, George Norrie, Lex Lonehood, and Art Bell, cue the hot chick. And the music. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast.